Ah, fellow seam heads, welcome on out to the porch. CJ coming in this afternoon. A little B.O.B. action meeting on the mound, talking Major League Baseball. Buying and selling the buckos. A little trivia on the top. No hitters from rookies. Some really interesting stuff there. A little ballpark trivia as well. We'll get into some more buy-sell. They're not only just from the Buccos, but some other players in Major League Baseball. And then finally, we'll take a look maybe at a couple teams that are doing a little bit better. And then to end the show, kind of a tease on the uh, the baseball brackets for movies uh, that Major League Baseball's put out. We're going to put out our own as well. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee. Phil Stout, if it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back. So we're talking all things Major League Baseball. You're on a porch. Let's go. My brother, I'm finally back out here on the porch, man. If you can hear the birds chirping, beautiful Thursday afternoon, my friend. Going to talk some baseball. Like you said, man, it's the time of year when the uh, spring slowly turns into summer. And uh, no better time of year, man, in my book. No, I absolutely love this time of year. And um, I, I I would be sitting out on my porch as well to do this. But we got some rain down here in the uh, Greenville, North Carolina area. Probably going to rain for like the next three days. So, Hey, if you got the rain we had last week and it literally like started on Thursday evening and it just sat in in the Charleston area for about two and a half days. So yeah, I, I saw the flooding up there. I had to text my mom, make sure they weren't floating on their boat somewhere in the Canal Valley. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of people that were floating in, in boats, rivers, etc. Um, when the street becomes a river, you got to watch out. When you got to have a moat to get out to your car, you probably don't need to go to your car. So yeah. enough about the weather forecast because it's beautiful right now, and we don't want to have to pull a tarp, CJ. We want to talk baseball, buddy. Absolutely. Um, so let's get out the box. Quiz time. Ballpark trivia here, CJ. Came upon this this morning. Obviously, everybody knows the two oldest stadiums in the major leagues. I mean, there's no question. We know that. Go ahead and give them to them. Well, that's got to be Fenway and Wrigley. Fenway, Wrigley, 1912 for Fenway, 1914 for Wrigley. CJ, answer me this. What is the third oldest stadium in the major leagues? One hint for you real quick. It actually has the largest capacity of any ballpark that's currently being used. Oh, that's easy then. That's the Dodger Stadium. Oh, man, I thought I was going to get you on that. If I didn't give you the hint, would you have got it? I don't know. I think I'd have, I would have thought him, but I don't know if I'd have went with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, now that you just beha- kind of debunked my whole thing that I was real excited to try and, like, quiz you on, and, and you got it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> 1962 Dodger Stadium, the third oldest wow. oldest stadium in the major leagues, was shocked by that. Another one. Two stadiums opened up four years later in 1966. Can you name those two stadiums? That opened in '66. Yep. Ooh. Um. God. 
God, I'm trying to go through the Rolodex here. Uh, no hints this time because I think if I give you a hint that I want to give you, it'll blow it open. I want to say Oakland's got to be one of them because that, that stadium's been around a while. You are correct about that, CJ. The okay. Oakland Coliseum, now called Ring Central, opened up in 1966. Currently has a capacity of 46,847, but they're maybe drawing like 1,300 now because the Oakland A's fans have finally gotten to a point where they are tired of this mess. And their fans are one of the best in baseball. But they literally, I think as a group, said, we're boycotting this until you get us a new ballpark. What's the other one, though, CJ? I'm going to go with Kauffman Stadium at the Royals. Man, close. That actually was the next ballpark to open in 1973. Ooh. Um, they've done they've done renovations now in 1999 and 2010. You gotta love the you know the royal crown logo that they use out in the fountains uh, out out there out there in, for the scoreboard out there in center field. The fountain's awesome. They did the city connects with it, but no, that is not it. 1966, another. I'll give you this one. It's another AL ballpark. Uh. If I give you the other hint, you will definitely get it. I'm just going to take a get ale ballpark. West Coast, right? It is West Coast. Yep. So that'll probably do it. The Angels, really? The Angel, the wow. Los Angeles Angels Stadium, 1966. Now, obviously, been some renovations. Wow. You know, the big A scoreboard that they use was actually part of the structural thing uh, when they first built it. But 1966. Both opened that year. So three of the five oldest stadiums in the major leagues, are out west. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Would have never thought that. Um, born uh, – ballpark that was uh, debuted my year of birth, 1989, the old Skydome, Rogers Center. That is the seventh oldest ballpark in the big leagues right now, CJ. Um Two others here real quick, and I'll ask you this one. What do you think is the 10th oldest ballpark in the major leagues? Debuted early 90s. Early 90s. It's either going to be Baltimore or Cleveland. Very good guesses on both. You know, and I'll just go ahead and give it to you right there. Camden Yards, the... 10th oldest ballpark in the major leagues. You would never dream that because of how nice it still is to this day. 1992 was kind of a blueprint for a lot of the new ones that came into that kind of retro ballparks that a lot of people are making now. Camden Yards, 10th oldest stadium in the big league, CJ. Wow. Now, the Trop is eighth, by the way. That was actually built in 1990, even though the Rays didn't start playing there till later on in the decade. Um, and they need to get that one redone and quickly for Tampa. Get them an outdoor stadium, man, on the Bay. Let's just go ahead and do it. Lowest attendance, by the way. They only have an available seating of 25000 at the Trop. Yeah, that, um, that stadium needs some work. Yeah, definitely needs some work. Um, CJ, you were right on Progressive. Debuted two years later, 1994, the old Jacobs Field. I want to go there. Never seen a game there in Cleveland. One I'd like to go uh, partake with and watch a baseball game in. Seems like a fun one. My sister got there before me, so I, I got to kind of, uh, you know, turn in my baseball card on that one for a minute. Um, 
Coors Field is 12th, by the way, CJ. The 12th oldest ballpark, Coors Field, never been renamed. 1995 it opened. That actually is the second largest capacity in the major leagues, by the way. Wow. At 50,144. And they got those seats up there, the purple row up there a mile high as well for you. CJ, going to go ahead here real quick and ask you this one. How many ballparks do you think were built from 2000 to 2010 in that decade? How many of the teams in the major leagues have ballparks that were built in that decade? Oh, there was a bunch of them. Uh, Almost half the league, buddy. I was going to say, I would. the number's got to be somewhere between 20, 10 and 12. It is 13. Wow. And we're not even including T-Mobile Park, the formerly artist formerly known as Safeco Field. I was born in 1999. Um, in 2000, Comerica, Enron, now Minute Maid Park, and Oracle Park now is now uh, known as Oracle Park, was used to be Pac Bell Ballpark out there in San Fran in 2000. Yeah. 2001, Miller Park came into effect along with the crown jewel of all ballparks, baseball heaven itself, PNC Park. Um, two years later, Great American Small Park came to be. Citizens Bank Ballpark and Petco in 2004. Bush Stadium joined the party in 2006. Nats Park in 2008. And then in 2009, I'm sure you're familiar with both of these. Both teams in the Big Apple got new ballparks in City Field and Yankee Stadium. Target Field in 2010, my friend. Wow. 13. 13. Yeah, I, I knew there was a bunch because there was a big push for, you know, new stadiums. The retro downtown ballparks back then. Yeah. And uh, CJ, it was funny. That's ballpark was actually built in a, in a couple different segments. They actually talked about that. So it was kind of like building like a modular home. Expect nothing less out of D.C., right? Yeah, yeah. right. Um, man, of those ballparks that came around from 2001, which one is your favorite? Um, that one's. There's only that, one correct answer. Well, yeah, there's only one correct answer for you. Um, I, I need to get to PNC. Uh, it's a conversation I know you and I have had um, on and off air. You need um, to get me. Go ahead. Just tell me when we'll do it. Um, you know, I, I have had the opportunity to go to, to Great American. Um, to be like your tour guide there. I'm I'm gonna finally get a game in Great American. I've, I don't know if yeah, I say boycotted it, but I've tailgated there more than I've actually watched baseball there. So I've got to change that. Yeah. Um, you know, Petco is really cool. Yes. Um, I've had an opportunity to catch a game there. Uh, it is it is really cool. CJ, I heard this, though. They said it's a little sterile at, and because of the hotels right beside it. Maybe being a hospital industry, you like that. Um, but I think the Western Supply Building out there in left field when Bartolo cranked the ball off it, that gives a little character to me. It, it does. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of hotels around it, but I mean, it's right there, you know, at Mission Bay. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds of crap to do around the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they built it's actually really nice. The concords are nice, big and wide. So you're not, you know, cramped up when you're, you know, entering or leaving. Um, it, it's a really, really nice ballpark. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I love, I, I'm a huge fan of Yankee Stadium, New Yankee Stadium, just because of the way they did it. It, it looks literally just like, you know, the yep. old one, the way they built it, everything they incorporated into it with the history monument part. Like, it's just there's so much with it. Um, 
you know, the, the Pepsi lounge is pretty cool. It's right there in dead center um, with the big blacked out windows. Um, kind of an interesting viewpoint for the game. Also get, you know, food and drinks, that kind of thing in there. Um, food and drinks so, are essential for the ballpark, buddy. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as building a new stadium, but making it feel old, I think, you know, New York did it really, really well there. Um, so, like I said, I got to get to PNC and see. I um, feel like that would list really high on the list, but I think Petco kind of gets overlooked. Um, I think like it does too. Because of where it is, but it's 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 a very nice ballpark. It's a great place to There's not a bad seat in that house. I've been, I went to the old Qualicom, old Jack Murphy. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. The holiday Bowl site. Saw Woody Williams pitch, uh, pitched well. Actually hit a home run as the pitcher that night. Uh, They're playing the Giants. And then to see Trevor Hoffman come in from Hell's Bells, man, and that whole ballpark went electric to see that changeup just get tossed out there more than a few times and got the save. Still remember that it was a great, great experience when I was in middle school to watch the uh, the Friars take on the Giants there and, and get that win. Uh, yeah, I, you know, and, and you mentioned that, and I think when, and I think you know, for some of our for some of our younger listeners, it, it, well, for me because I'm old, you know the old guy here but Hoffman and Rivera like when it was bad to in, say doesn't it though <laughs> it does like you had Hoffman coming in with inner Sandman you know hell's bells for Hoffman like when's the Ooh. last time like a guy came in as a closer the music pumping and you're just like all right this thing's done oh you like, mean in terms of like you, just you... that 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 oh my god we get this like and if you're in like a stadium and the closer comes in like who is there a guy now in the majors that gives you that feeling like oh my we get to watch one of the best in the world do his thing man from a closer standpoint you know what with, with hoffman which you know him and rivera were, were so good and the, the crazy thing is especially with a guy like Trevor is he didn't come up as a closer in the Reds organization. He was a shortstop. He was. It's funny. You mentioned that CJ. Cause he played my, for the wheelers. My uncle, uh, had essentially had beers with him the night that he was like, I'm moving to pitcher. No joke. Cause he was hitting like 190 at the time. had a rocket arm at shortstop. And then the guys have one of the best changeups ever. Yeah. It's just, it, and it's, you know, and I think those are going to be, and we, we talked about this actually, you know, off the air the other day, you know, with Toronto's closer, you know, two pitches when one doesn't work. It, it, it makes you marvel at a guy like Trevor and Mariano yep. that essentially did it with one pitch. I mean, they had the second when they sprinkled in, but I mean, yeah, they that one pitch was so good. It didn't matter what else they had. Um, I'll go ahead and say this, CJ. Kenley Jansen was really, really good in his prime. Um I'm not sure he's still at that level now where you think that he's like never going to blow a save type. Man, that's a, I mean, that's a great, great question, CJ. Um, But there are not, there are really not any guys now in the major leagues. And I'm sitting here looking at the list of ballparks and just thinking about guys that come out of the, the bullpen in the ninth to lock down games. I mean, there's a lot of good closers, but there's not any that you feel like, man, that guy is good, good. Um, but even the yeah. best man, they blow him. Was that a game when Billy Wagner came in, gave up a walk-off granny? The Buccos had like an eight-run ninth, seven-run ninth. Um, Billy Wagner probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Left-hander, throw it 100 miles an hour. was like five nine and a half. even though it might have said he was a little, little taller. Yeah, I mean. The, I think five nine and a half being nice. That probably is generous. <laughs> probably is generous. CJ, it's wide, CJ. Because you're talking about the two greatest to ever do it. I, 
I like, you know, Chapman had that when he first came in because I'd know, agree. Blowing smoke. I'll tell you uh, this, CJ. David Bedner right now for my Buckos. Guy yeah. has the best swing and miss fastball in the major leagues. Pumps it up in the 99 range a lot. Got good movement. Got a filthy curveball. He is really good. The renegade, the man from Mars, Pittsburgh kid. I'm not saying he's one of the best, you know, in the world, but man, he's been really good. Yeah, I just, it, I don't know. It just kind of almost feels like. But the song's a part of it too, right, man? Well, I, I think the song It is. Part- it really is. Well, I think the song's a part of it. And then I think, I think when you look at a guy like, you know, Rivera and a guy like, you know, Huffman, they just, they didn't blow saves, right? They did them in big, crucial moments. Obviously, Mario. You remember Gagne there for a while, too. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, for Rivera, he's got a little bit more of the postseason success because of the teams he played with. Edwin Diaz, the Mets, really, really good. They paid him like it. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't say he's one of the best ever. I don't know, CJ. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't think we can – I think there's a lot of good young arms that are trying to get to that level. Um, but I don't think there's one yet. You could say, man, I feel like he's the best to do it right now. Yeah, that's – and that's kind of the thing, too, is you, you've seen kind of the changes. you got a lot of guys, you know, kind of – you've heard, you know, kind of almost not closer by committee, but not – not those, you know, kind of yeah. those lockdown guys. And, and even the Yankees have that. I mean, Chapman yesterday got into a little bit of trouble. And, I mean, Boone wasted no time in getting Chad Green up just in case. So. You know what's funny, CJ? You mentioned this real quick, right? I find it interesting now that a lot of managers will go to that guy who is the closer, quote-unquote, in a higher leverage situation in, say, the seventh or the eighth inning on occasion because that's where they feel like the game really is truly being won or lost. Um, not always the last three outs. Although – the last three outs are a different bird, and we all know that, man. We all know that. Um, CJ, speaking of different birds, let's talk about that no-no that was thrown by Mr. Detmers, the rookie um, for the Angels. Only struck out two guys. Man, talk to me a little bit about this. I know we had some some uh, some interesting quiz there. I knew when I saw this, was shocked that there was 25 no-nos thrown by rookies all time. Uh I want to hear a little bit about this, buddy. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, I want to get quizzed here, man. Hit me up with some stuff. I want to see what I can do. There's been 316 uh, no-hitters recognized by baseball, um, by the MLB. Um, oddly enough, only 43 of those come are, are before what they would consider the, the modern era, the AL forming, um, which is kind of interesting. But, yeah, there's been 20, 25 – no hitters by a rookie and i was kind of looking back through some of the lists and there's some names on here i think would kind of shock you and they're not quite that old so one that i don't i do know because i saw him pitch earlier this year for the diamondbacks when we were in dc tyler gilbert Mm -hmm. uh was pretty phenomenal outing there did that against the padres i believe and then joe musgrove like a week later threw the first padres no-no um so, other than that, CJ, I'm an open book here, man. Hit me with some names. Like, try and give me a quiz question. I don't know. Just, I want to I hear a little bit more about these other 23 potential rookies here. Yeah. Um, I, I'll give you one here. and it's, it's a name you're probably not going to remember. But there was one in 2015, and it was a guy from San Francisco. 2015 San Francisco. 
Um, it, you know what? Didn't Matt Cain get one though as well? Yeah, but Cain wasn't a rookie when he did it. Okay. Uh, is the guy still pitching? I don't think he is. Oh man. Because it was yeah. a name I didn't completely recognize. Any more? Any more info on him? Ah. Uh, Trying to think here. Did it on the road. Um, Can I get where he did it? Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Up. He did it in New York. Did it against the Mets. Oh boy. Um. <sighs> hit me with it, CJ. Chris Heston. Oh, okay. Wow. Little, I do remember little, the name. Little, I do remember little, the name. Yeah, Greenville Connection went to ECU. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. Chris right. Heston. Okay. Gets yeah. the Mets. Gets so the is, Mets. is that the last rookie to do it before Gilbert? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Here, here's any... an interesting one. 2007 happened okay. against Orioles. Okay. Against an AL East foe. 2007 Orioles. A.L.E. Spoh, that was, um, I believe, was that John Lester? It was not Lester, but it's the right team. Oh, dang it. Red Sox, 2007. Oh, man. Can I get anything more than that? Anything else? I did it at Fenway. Let's see. Um, Yeah, give me one second. What kind of career did this guy have? Uh... Decent. Um, Played for the Sox, the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, and the Blue Jays. Wow. Sox, Phillies, Diamondbacks, Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. Did it for the Red Sox as a rookie? Yep. Oh, CJ. He's a two-time All-Star, and he won a World Series in 13. Won a World Series in 2013. Whoa. Okay. Um, hmm. CJ, CJ. Give me another minute here. Did he? So he won the World Series with the Sox. So he's still with the ball club, right? Yes. Oh, man. That's a wow. That's such a good one. Um, Boston Red Sox. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm going to go and throw it out there. Buckholtz. It was Clay Buckholtz. Nice. Took me a little while. <clears throat> Took me a little while. Yeah, I, I do remember that now. Because yeah. Lester and Buckholtz were pretty much in the same time frame as being rookies, correct? Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were right around that time. Yeah, going. Here's the one that I I literally had completely forgotten about. Was a member of the Marlins in 06, threw a no hitter and a 2 0 win for the Marlins, did it against the D backs. Was AJ Burnett? No, it was not. Oh, okay, okay. I know he threw one that year, though. Yep. He got robbed of a perfect game in Detroit. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Armando? Galarraga? Oh, no, wait. Sorry, wrong dude. Um, I was I, I <laughs> two names there for a second. My bad. My bad. 
my bad. I confused things on you. That that's that that that's my bad. Okay, okay. So I, I will say that one. I, I, a, I yeah. So that two thousand six Marlin pitcher, um, Annabelle Sanchez. It was Annabelle Sanchez because he did pitch for the Tigers too. That's right. That is right. And the Braves and the Nats. Yes. Pretty good career, honestly. Yeah, won a World Series in 19. So we got any any more for, by rookies before pre, like, 1995, CJ? Yeah, if you're going to go before 95, there's two more. Okay. Um, one guy did it as a member of the Cardinals against the Padres in 2001. 2001. Now, this is, I'm starting to get, you know, this is like elementary school, but he was a Cardinal in 2001. Did it against the Padres. Okay. Rookie. Wasn't that the year Albert Pujols came up, by the way? Yeah, I think it might have been. And this is going to be that one. This is going to be kind of that lone guy because he only played in 01 and 02 for the Cardinals. So this is going to be that one guy who, like, literally this was going to be his claim to fame. Okay. Weirdly enough. Because the name is hilarious to me. Always was. Because we called my dog Buddy. Bud Smith. Bud Smith. Bingo. I was thinking about Rick Ankiel too, but I think he did his later on when, once he wasn't a rookie. Yeah. <clears throat> Bud Smith. Love that name. Okay. And then you've got a another Cardinal on the list in 99 mm. against the D-backs in Phoenix in a 1-0 win. Whew. I mean, those are the ones that are really tough and tight because you got to find a way to do it, you know, with all the pressure on you. 99 Cardinal, 1-0 win. So, Big Max teams there. It was a member of the Cardinals, the Rockies, and the Indians. 04 would have been his last appearance. So, he played from 98 to 04. Oh. And here's and here's the the kicker. I'm trying to kind of see here. The Dang. pitcher he beat was Randy Johnson. Wow. So he beat the big unit in a 1-0 game to throw a no-no as a rookie. In his second ever start. Oh my. Okay. A, a name a name is popping. I no, it's not him. He didn't. He did not throw two no nos in his career. There's no way. It's not Ankiel. No, not Ankiel. CJ. Oh man. Okay. Weirdly enough. Weirdly enough, it's either there's one name that's kind of percolating in my mind, and I don't know his first name but i remember they had a pitcher um well no i don't think that's right either because i was thinking stevenson but i don't think that's it because he was a little older i don't know man who, who, who was it jose jimenez no no way mm-hmm. interesting remember he had some good stuff uh I believe he also pitched 
and you might've already given me this information, but I'm just tuning you out because I was trying to listen. I think he pitched there for a while with the Rockies as well, correct? Uh, he did. He went to Colorado. They converted him into a closer and he actually ended up saving more than a hundred games. Oh, wow. I am seeing that here. Yeah. I had looked him up here. I had 41 saves in 2020 in ugh, 2022, 2002, uh, 41 saves, three, four, nine ERA. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was to me was kind of like, like I said, there's, there's some names on there. You're like, yeah, those guys had some decent success. And then there's some that you're just like, wow, there, there's their career highlight. CJ, any of them, any names on the list that like guys you truly, truly remember after the, even the 99? Um, not really. Cause the, the list really, cause then you've got one in 91. Who was it? Just name Wilson, rattle them off here. Yeah, Wilson Alvarez is a member of the White Sox. Okay. Um, and then you got to go to 83, Michael Warren with the Athletics. Okay. You had a 10-year gap um, from 83. You go to 73 where you had two of them. You had Jim Bibby as a Ooh, member Jim of the Bibby. Rangers. Jim Bibby, now he was a former bucko. Yep, as a member of the Rangers. You know, hit the Athletics. The sweat dripped off that hat like it was crazy, man. Yep, and then Steve Busby as a member of the Royals, no hit the Tigers. Busby's a name that sounds familiar. Maybe I'm just thinking Buzz Stakes, but hey, <laughs> that's that's some good stuff right there, my friend. Very good stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, it it, it is kind of an incredible feat. I, I think the, the funnier thing is, is you think no hitters, you know, they're – you almost think, okay, they're kind of in a rarefied error along with the perfect game, but there's been 316 of them, which is a little more than I thought would be. But, you know, it is still kind of a really. Oh, and, and you it, gave it, me the stat earlier before 1901. There's like so 277 since, uh, since 1901. I mean, that's been a lot of baseball games played, you know. I actually witnessed a combined no-no in a high school game there the other night, CJ. Five yeah. inning, but still. Yeah, and I, and I think there's there, there's been a lot of those. Um, you get the combined no hitters. Um, you know, it's the seven it's inning ones of, as well. I don't know if MLB actually credited those or not because they were in double headers. They should have, but I don't think they did for some reason. Yeah, I'm not really. I would think they would because you're in that complete game territory because anything after five is considered a, a complete game um, if you get a rain out. Um, so that. Yeah, that one's kind of interesting. If if I had to ask you, who's the team with the most no-hitters thrown? All right, CJ. NL. I'm going to go NL because that's obviously, you know, the been around circuit. the circuit. Yeah. Um, staffs that have been really good for a long time. <sighs> Braves. No, 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 no. Dodgers, for sure, just because of the plethora of arms and being in pitcher's ballparks for so many years. Yeah, it is. It is the Dodgers at twenty six. Um, I think what'll shock you is the next two are actually AL teams. Hmm. And that's um. The, oh, okay. Go ahead if you want to give. Yeah. Them. I was going to try and get a guess here off. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you one of them. the second place team is the White Sox at twenty. Wow. Last one was Mark Burley though, wasn't yeah, it? Or was it, was, or, or was it Bummer? Um, I think it would have been. It was 2021. Hmm. Oh, that's, de- that's definitely not a Burley game. Yeah, it's not a Burley game. Actually, Jolito threw a no-no against the Buccos uh, in the COVID year as well. 
I remember that. Yeah, so they've got 20. The third That's place impressive. team, I think, the third place team, I think, might shock you a little given the ballpark they play. Okay. Um. Now, are we talking current ballpark? Are we talking like what they used to play? Because that's a long, no, that's I, a long I, amount I, of time. It's still a current ballpark. Okay. Uh, are we going with Oakland? It is not Oakland. I would have thought that foul territory. It's not the Blue Jays. No way. Nope, not the Blue Jays. Uh, probably Houston. Not Houston. Hmm. Wow. Uh, we. Huh. Camden Yards. Not the Orioles. We going Angels. Not the Angels. Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. At well, nineteen twelve. They've been around a long time. They've been around a long time, but that that's kind of a funky ballpark, man. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> yeah. So that's... I, I wanted to go everywhere else because the way you were leading me there, I'm like, okay, well, it's it's current, but it's not like old school, like the oldest ever. So you know. It's it is, but it's on the list. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, and here, it, it, here you go. Here's an interesting one. It, it, no hitters thrown against. Okay, the okay. Dodgers obviously have 26 that they've thrown. They are tied with another franchise for the most pitched against at 20. Okay, um, we talking AL or NL here, CJ? Uh, it would be an NL team. NL team. Been around a long time. Um, you said the Dodgers are at 20. Mm-hmm. And they're tied with somebody else at that number. I know it's not the Pirates. Nope. The Pirates have only been no hit 13 times. 13 times. Probably a lot of those have been since 1990. <laughs> um, well, well, do you have the list better. up there for that, by the way? Huh? You don't have the list of the times they've been no-no'd, right? Do you have that? Um, the last one was August of 2020. Yeah, that was that was Giolito. Yeah. Um. Okay. I, I don't think it's the Reds either. Although, is it the Reds? It is not the Reds. Okay, not the, the Reds. Reds. The Reds have been no-hit 13 times. Same as the Buccos. All right, cool. Um. Hmm. NL team here. CJ, I'm going to go with, are the Mets a possibility here? The Mets are not the team. Okay. okay. They've been no hit eight times. All right. If it's not the Mets, I'm going to go with the Phillies final answer, like on my fourth try. It is the Phillies at 20. Bingo. I mean, they have one, they have the worst record all time. So makes sense. They've been no hit a good bit. <laughs> Who's the, who's the AL leader, CJ? Uh, for no hitters thrown thrown against them. Uh, let's see, that leader would be. Now, don't tell me it, but tell me the number and and maybe the. And I kind of want to guess. Okay, that is going to be. The number is going to be fifteen. Fifteen against. So they've been around a while. Are they on a coast? Yes. I'm I'm going to go with the Angels. Not the Angels. Only seven, actually. For wow. Them. Okay. I guess they haven't been around as long as some other teams. It's not your Yankees. 
No, thankfully, but they've been no hit some. Um, I, I don't think it's the Red Sox either. No, it's it's not the Red Sox. The Yankees have been no hit six times. It's on, but you said it's on a coast, correct? It is on a coast. Boston's been no hit twelve times. Is it the Athletics? It is not the Athletics. That's close. They're at fourteen. Wow. Um, I, the answer is going to shock you a little. The Rays? It is not the Rays. Okay. The Rays have been no hit six times. Which is crazy considering they've only been around since, you know, 1999. <laughs> the Wade Boggs Devil Rays down there. Eat that fried chicken there, Wade. Um, <laughs> man. Is it an East Coast team? It is an East Coast team. Blue Jays? Not the Blue Jays. Orioles? It is the Orioles at the 15. Orioles. That's why I said wow. it was going to shock you because of how good they have they were, especially they, in the but, 90s. I will say, though, they were really good in the 70s, too, but they had a, they always had good pitching, so it makes sense that maybe the ballpark allowed for some good pitching against them at times, too. Yeah. CJ, brother. Great quiz. Real quick here. Man, I want to talk a little bit about the kind of the, the teams, uh, kind of a recap of last week and to some extent. little recap of last week. Got to give some due to a team that we kind of bashed on a little bit there. Um, and it was at my kind of misfortune, I'll say, for, for, for my Buckos. Give some love to the Reds. Winners of 4-6. Took two or three from the Buckos over the weekend. And then took two or three from the Brewers uh, at Great American Small Park. They, they've, they've played well at home here of late. I will contest the first game of the doubleheader. was a little disappointed in the umpiring there. CJ, I'll tell you this real quick. I don't know if you, you know, wild scenario. Backup catcher gets tossed from a game because the umpiring was a little suspect, um, to say the least. And I even got a Reds fan who texted me saying, this ump hates y'all. So that tells you anything right there. Then Roberto Perez comes around second base, gets hurt. You have to bring in a, the second baseman, an emergency backup catcher who probably hasn't caught a game, he said, since, like, college. And maybe not even in college. That was not ideal. Um, but give the Reds their due. Con Moran uh, is on fire right now. Hit a grand slam Sunday. Had a big home run there against Milwaukee as well. Red legs, you know, up to seven wins now. Good for them. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we, we dogged him, and, and rightfully so, and – you know, they, they find a way to kind of get a little bit of a little of a hot streak here um, for them. So, I mean, that that's that's good for them. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I still think they've got a lot of a lot of work to do. But I think at this point right now with a young team, if, if you can find a way to kind of get a little bit of a run here, you know, kind of get feeling good about yourself. Um, you know, that that that's a big help, especially for for that young group they've got got there in Cincinnati exactly you gotta you know you gotta get some the fans feeling good for the summer maybe come out with some promo days NFL schedule came out today get them excited till August when the when Joe Burrow takes over and and uh owns the city again um CJ they're only two games back of the Tigers right now so maybe we dog the Tigers they get on a winning streak next uh maybe we just pick a team each week and we'll just kind of you know get they get those boys fired up a little bit um yeah I don't know who who do you want to pick. I mean, I know you want to pick Boston. They're at the bottom right now. They've been terrible. Um, I kind of want them to, to take it up a little bit of a notch, uh, just because when I watch them play in September, 
uh, at Fenway against the Rangers. I want it to mean something other than maybe Jack Leiter coming up by then. That'd be kind of nice. Not going to lie. Would love to see Jack Leiter maybe making a debut in September there. But, hey, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. You said the Tigers, and that's kind of an interesting one. I mean, to be – and that's I think speaks something to the the central there in the AL is I think it's a lot better than we thought it was CJ well it is and they're you're nine and 22 and shockingly enough only nine and a half back like you would expect that that number back to be a little bigger than that still early though it yeah it is still early um you know they're they're giving up a you know they're they're giving up a ton of runs not really scoring a lot but you got to feel like at some point that's going to kind of turn itself around because they've got some guys in the lineup that can absolutely rake so you got to feel like at some point that's going to turn itself around a little bit you know with Baez well you also have a manager in Hinch that's pretty good like you said Baez Austin Meadows got added this offseason they added some pieces there they just have not really done very well we'll talk about later in buy sell um one in particular, Javi Baez, not having a great start. But you're right. I think the Tigers have some bats. I mean, you know, Jonathan Scope is a pretty good little hitter. Spencer Torkson, a lot of people like him. Miggy with the big milestone hit this year. You would think they'd be better. Yeah, and, and if you look – I mean, and it's not like the pitching staff's overwhelming, but I think they're good enough, you know, to at least, you know, kind of keep you in some games – you know, Rodriguez Pineda has shown, I mean, Pineda, when he's right, has absolutely just filthy stuff. I mean, um, CJ, their team ERA is, is at uh, to this point in time, uh, is, is 346 on the season. That's definitely good enough to, uh, to be better than what they're at right now. I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of it for them is just comes down to, I mean, they, they not production they play. Yeah, I mean, they're they're negative 40 in the run differential, which I know is something we kind of poo-poo, but it's kind of interesting to look at it and see that. They're not giving, you know, I mean, they're not giving up a ton of runs. They're right around the average. It's just offensively they haven't gotten a lot of help, right? Guys aren't getting a lot of support on the mound. Cold weather games too, I think, at this yeah, early in the I, season that hurts you a little bit. Yeah, so I, I fully expect this is this team to, to really kind of turn around, and by the time we hit the All-Star break, you're going to be looking at them, and they're going to be right in the mix. I'd be shocked if they're they're out of it at the break. I wouldn't right. be shocked if they come on a little a little streak here soon. I mean, you look yeah. at, you know, Scooble, who's a young kid, you know, had through had a pretty good outing there the other day. I mean, he's he's got a you know a two nine four ERA to this point in time through thirty-three and two thirds innings, thirty-four strikeouts. Eduardo maybe a little high with the four fifty ERA, but I mean Pineda at three forty-three. Um, I don't think they have the depth in the starting pitching that maybe they'd like to have, and I think that's part of the issue for them right now. Um I think you're right. I mean, the Tigers, they feel like a team that's a little bit better than that record right now. I, I would I would go ahead and say that for sure. Yeah, and it's and it's not like you've got somebody in that division right now that's kind of overwhelming everybody. Minnesota's um, playing good, and the White Sox are finally picking it up, though, CJ, I would say that. And Cleveland's an interesting team, man. I've been watching them a lot of late, uh, checking on Stephen Kwan on my fantasy team, man. And they put the ball in play. Do, and like I said – you know, the, the Twins have been playing better. The White Sox have been playing better. The, the interesting thing is you, you, there's some there's some uncertainty I have with the Twins. Like, you, you make the big trade with the Yankees. You get a guy like Gary Sanchez. The change of scenery has not helped him whatsoever. Um, is he another guy for buy-sell later? Yeah, maybe. Okay, um, okay. You know, and, and the White Sox, I think, are better – than you know 15 and 14 i think we all would you know kind of agree with that and they've got playing great... much better baseball of late though CJ. yeah playing much... that's the key 
yeah, playing much better baseball as of late. You know, they've got a big uh, three-game series starting today, you know, with my Yankees. Um, you know, so – but, you know, I, I, the Royals have been a pesky DJ, team. Is, so, he, I mean, is it not a four-gamer? Nobody's running away in that division right not now. Not a four-gamer with the Yanks with the Thursday start? Oh, you know what? It actually, it might be. <laughs> Just any time I hear a start of a series on a Thursday, I'm like, hold on. Unless some funky stuff's going on with the schedule uh, – we, we, yeah, we got to think be. we got four games coming here. Um, no, it's actually yeah. only a three. You know, it is a four gamer. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and dude, and, and, I, and I'll tell you this, um, man, the White Sox, like you said, CJ, playing good ball of late, man. Winners of eight of their last 10, um, starting to find at the right time. I don't think the Twins are going away, like you said, but. The White Sox, like we, you know, we, we projected in the beginning of the year, that was our team in this division that we liked out of all the teams. And that was kind of the one I felt the best about picking to win a division. And even after that slow, slow start and that minus 13 run differential right now, um, they're finding their way into the light, CJ. And they're back above 500, getting ready to face the hottest team and the team with the best record in baseball. So uh, that will be fun this weekend. Um Hey, CJ, let's, you know what, let's talk a little bit real quick about some of the series this weekend and kind of the ones that we really are interested in. Um, I'll obviously, I'll say this real quick. Very interested for your series um, with the Yankees and the White Sox. I think it's a great opportunity for the White Sox to kind of get themselves back to where they want to be. And it's a great opportunity for the Yankees to just continue to show what they're about this season um, at this point in time. That's one that I'm definitely circled in. Blue Jays and Rays is another big one down there at the Trop. I'm interested to see that as well. Um, and then finally, dude, I mean, I think two other ones really real, real quick to hit on that I'm very interested in. Giants-Cardinals, going to see down Sunday night uh, at, at New Bush. Should be kind of fun. The Giants, you know, I don't like what they're doing, but they're seemingly playing good ball. And then Padres and Braves. Braves trying to restabilize. And the Padres right now playing – Great baseball. Gonna see that at uh at Truist, man. Gonna be fun at the battery. Yeah, that those are some really good ones. Um, you kind of hit on some of the ones that I was really looking at, especially that that uh, <laughs> Jays Rays series. Um, you I got some I'll good pitching you... in that series too. I mean, Gossman versus Rasman on Friday nights a, a pretty good, pretty good tilt. Um, and and then, well, they're not going to give us any more of that. Teams just don't like to release starters anymore. That's kind of sad. But I like the initial start on Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teams like to play it kind of close to the vest right now. I, I, I'll give you a series here that, and it's in a division we just touched on. But you know, Cleveland, Minnesota, um, a good one. Yeah, I mean that that's a good one. Those are teams right now that are you know everybody's kind of clanked up in that division. Um, if you're the twins, you know, th this is a big one, get you a little bit of separation there. If you can find a way to win that series, um, you know, pitching and, and the twins still got to finish a couple games with the Astros too. Yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, that, that to me is going to be kind of a, kind of an interesting series, but I like the, the ones that you, I mean, definitely really hit on. There's one other one here too. And it's simply just because they've kind of continued to be the shock so far. And that's the Brewers Marlins series, you know, the Marlins, you know, just you know 14 and 17 just under 500 playing really good baseball let's you know can can they keep that up against a brewers team that can absolutely hit 
you know, can they find a way to keep that kind of more into their pace? Because like we said, they don't score a bunch of runs, but, you know, so far they haven't given up a ton of them either. No, they haven't, CJ. I mean, it's a, it's a good point there. Um, although I will say this, Friday night in that series, you got Burns Lopez. Uh, dude with a 186 and Corbin Burns, one and two on the year versus Pablo Lopez with a four and one record and a one ERA on Friday. That's pretty electric. Yeah. Uh, Lauer, the lefty going against Rodgers, who needs his restabilized there for the Marlins. Um, He's one and four this year with a five ERA. Lauer goes with a 1.82. And then on Sunday, you get Woodruff, who we know has good stuff, but has a 5.970 ERA, three and two on the year versus uh, Acer Hernandez, a 27-year-old, has some good stuff. I think he's probably the one weak link in the Marlins rotation. Interesting series there. And I, CJ, I got to go ahead and throw it out there, buddy. And and I'll just say it, call it for what it is. I'm very interested in the four gamer that we're going to see with my Buckos and the Red Legs. Okay. Uh, working chronologically back Sunday, Jose Quintana taking the mound versus Hunter Green. Green's been, we know he has electric stuff, but he has a 7.62 RA. Quintana going to go about it a little differently from the left handed side, 1 1 with a 2.70 RA. Uh, you got Castillo going for a second start versus Zach Thompson on Saturday, 635. Might be in the ballpark for that one, CJ, for the old Key Brian Hayes headband game. Uh, nice. Friday night, you've got Tyler Miley uh, versus Mitch Keller. Guys with good stuff, but both the RAs north of six. So interesting there. And the opener this evening, Overton versus Brubaker, a matchup that we saw in the first game of the doubleheader. If Overton doesn't get as many pitches as he got from Will Little, I think the Buckos might get to him a little bit. But he has a 2-5-3 RA. And a fun fact for you, CJ. My man, Connor Overton, has the last base hit for a Pittsburgh Pirate pitcher, probably in the history. And now he's a Cincinnati Reds hurler. So, got to give him some love there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And you know he scored. The guy who uh, hit the Grand Slam on Sunday, Colin Moran, had an RBI base knock versus the Phillies. So, I'm intrigued by that. You know what, CJ? Go ahead. Give me a rundown of the Yankees and in, in, in the White Sox. I know you want to. I think Cease goes to the mound on Thursday, right? Um, yeah, you got Gill, I believe, there. Yeah, Gil, Gil's – yeah, Lewis Ill or Gill, however you pronounce it. Um, <laughs> I think the G's silent from what I remember yeah. from last year. Um, he's going to get us – he's going to get the start here. No, Coltrane takes the ball Friday, right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're bringing Ill up just because uh, the way, you know, the rainouts kind of pushed them into playing mm-hmm. like 23 games in 22 days. Um, be interesting to see. He's really struggled in triple A to this point. Um, you know, so I think whatever you can get out of him at this point, you'll, you'll take. Um, but Cole Velasquez on Friday should be a Velasquez has been much better, um, this year. And you know, it's funny, everyone's giving Garrett Cole down the road, right? The dude has a 2.67 ERA. Like, he's not, I would take that any day, you know, like, uh, quit hating on Garrett Cole. Okay. Yeah, that. I mean, so that I'll be, be all aboard the coal train, buddy. I'll, I'll I'll tell you that. Yeah, he and he feels like he's starting to get it back. Um, I, I like your matchup Saturday, by the way. Yeah, I do too. Keiko versus Montgomery. Um, It'll be network. Yeah, it, 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 you know, Mon, I I feel kind of bad for Monty. He, 
you want to talk about a guy that gets absolutely no run support when he takes the mound and it's unreal um for him like i i, I heard a stat the other day uh, when he was pitching watching the yes network um and they're like 15 and four in their last 19 when he takes the mound and it's kind of crazy to think about because I'm like, I don't know how that's possible given the fact that guy gets absolutely no run support when he pitches. Um, then he, he keeps him in the game and then the, the offense finds it late, man. Yeah. So, I mean, um, now, yeah, our, Sunday, our, our, that, that matchup is going to be fun. Now, Sunday, Sunday, CJ, old uh, nasty Nestor Cortez's cutter there versus Michael Kopesh. I mean, you got to do with a .93 RA in Kopesh and, and Cortez, one four one had the no-no going in the eighth. I might have to tune into that one Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that one that one should be a lot of fun. Two guys that can absolutely, you know, dominate with their stuff. And it, the thing, it, 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 Kopesh dominates, I think, because his stuff's a little more electric. Nestor's a little bit more of – he's kind of a throwback pitcher in that, you know, he, his stuff's not overwhelming, but he does a really good job of – moving pitches, changing arm angles. Like he, he does some funky things to kind of really help himself out. Yeah. And it's, and it's been, it's been really kind of interesting to watch him kind of transform and, you know, guys that don't have electric stuff, learning how to, how to pitch, how to manufacture things is. But CJ, I will say this though. I will say this real quick on Nestor. He's got a lot of movement, man. That cutter is so good that, I might give him a little more electric than you want to give him right now, buddy. I really like what he brings to the table. He locates, like you said, learning how to pitch and doing a phenomenal job of it. Now, between him and Kopesh, obviously Kopesh has got the more eye-popping, you know, kind of look when you look at the radar gun. But, hey, man, uh, I, I got to say this. Nestor's been nasty this year. Um, yeah, I mean, CJ, talk about a Sunday, man. Just kind of settle in. You got a little peacock action at 1135. Joe Musgrove against Cal Wright. Padres Braves settle right back into a little Pirates uh, Reds and then get your uh, get the matchup there between you know Nestor and Kopesh. I mean that's not bad you kind of bleed that into maybe a four o'clocker there with some uh, hopefully seeing the D-backs beat the Cubs or you never know Shohei might take the ball for the Angels uh, you've got Nola Urias at 410 and then Sunday night from Bush, Giants Cardinals. I mean, that's a heck of a day Sunday. Yeah, it is. And then you got another really kind of interesting matchup at 140 in that Rays J series. You know, Manoa, the the you know, new school meets oh. old school, right? Manoa versus Kluber. Now, where are you finding that? That is, he doesn't want to give me that. Where where are you finding well, this problem? ESPN has it listed as the probable starters as Manoa Kluber. I love that. I'd be in for that too. Always look um, good to see Alec take the ball. Um it's pretty crazy to think that maybe potentially one of the best, most dominant pitchers coming up here of late is a former Mountaineer. That's got to be good for amazing the boys. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think it has to be. And his, you know, he he's been electric. Um, you know, all you know, really ever ever since he came up. You know, since he I shoved mean, it up the Yankees there in his first start. Yeah, I mean he he pitched well there, and then pitched well in Toronto against the Yankees. Um, tries to sneak a fastball in, you know, low and inside to judge that he hits out, and that kind of ruins what would have been a phenomenal outing. Would have been a shutout for him at that point in time. He had, he had gotten, what, retired 14 straight at that point. I mean, hey. Yeah, I, I know you want to get your Yankee you want to get your Yankee take on there with it, and that's, that's fine. Well, no. it's, judge has been doing that to a lot of people. Ask Jordan Romano. 
no, I mean, and that's well, and that's <laughs> the thing too. Well, and I think it's more just in in talk to some of the way some of these hitters in baseball are like one pitch you go from having a phenomenal outing to having a decent outing just and it wasn't like it was a bad pitch i mean he missed the location a little bit but you know that's just that that's a guy who's a professional hitter you know being able and who's just brute strong being able to go down and go get it i mean that was one of those like i had i had to go back and watch it a couple of times because i was like okay because like i said they wanted it down and in maybe a little bit more in than what he got it but still i mean you got to be able to quickly drop the hands and turn on that that that's a really hard pitch to hit and yeah. i mean yeah. 90 there's probably i heard the blue jays broadcast say it there's probably four or five guys in baseball that can get to that baseball and only probably three of them actually make good contact on it that's just how electric that stuff is and how hard of a pitch that is to hit so and judge is one of them yep. yeah and unfortunately judge is just one of them and you get a guy that strong well, it happens and it's funny but, because like you said manoa got the best of them striking him out twice earlier in the game and then judge does that but hey one out of three is the hall of fame and uh judge yeah. has got brute strength that is almost second none cj i want to get into topic two buy sell and we're talking, talking about brute strength and i got one guy off the top i want to mention and the reason i want to mention him is because it's taken us almost 20 minutes to talk my buckos taking a series from the dodgers cj by the way daniel vogelbach my friend um i mean i don't know if you saw the ball he hit out there in the uh in the seventh inning there to take the lead back for the buckos they had a three nothing lead gave it back in in the seventh three three and then Vogelbach hit one literally into the top row uh, above the Clemente wall there. And, you know, if he got a little bit more height on it, I think it was a 21-degree launch angle. If it had been a little higher, I think it's floating in the river. Um, but, man, buy, sell, and Daniel Vogelbach here, CJ. I mean, have you seen him much this year? I guess I should preface that first because I know you're an AL guy. You're not coming over to my side of the, of the ledger that much. And now we have a DH. Thank goodness for that because Vogelbach would probably not be playing as much as he is now. But – uh. Whoa, what do you think, man? Because I'll whoa, give you my opinion here in a whoa, second. Oh, you're in favor of the DH now all of a sudden. I'm not in favor of it, but if we have <laughs> to have one, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and use it with Daniel Vogelbach, okay? No, I, I haven't seen him play a ton. I, I, I have seen him play a little. Um, you know, really trying to expand the MLB TV uh, usage a little bit. Um, good man, good man. So, But, no, I mean, I, I'm definitely buying. I mean, the kid can absolutely hammer a baseball. Um you know, I think, like you said, the the DH rule in play now for the NL has really helped. I think, I think if more, if anything else, you know, it, it's given guys more opportunities um, to to get appearances and to to get comfortable at the plate because it's hitting is such a hard thing if you're only doing it every so often. Like if you're not getting a ton of opportunities, where I think that's that's really helped. <clears throat> you know, guys like him to kind of get at bats, get used to you know, major league pitching and really kind of get a timing down and it's been a huge help for him and he can you know, he can absolutely rake and he's a huge huge bright spot and what's you know seems to be a lot of bright spots if you're a pirates fan hey cj i love hearing a lot of bright spots for pirates fans um let's say this vogelbach has five home runs already this year in 89 at bats cj 12 ribbies he's drawn 11 walks 337 on base hitting 258. Uh, been very clutch. I love what I see out there in the Vogelbach. Plus, sometimes Shelty uses him as the leadoff man. I mean, you got a leadoff man pushing 280. Uh, that's pretty wild. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, and I, and I think the 11 walks thing is an important thing, too, because that's a guy who's being patient, understands the strike yeah. zone. Um, you know, that and that that that's that's a big key nowadays, you know, even in for the analytics folks is, you know, are, are guys disciplined at the plate? Are they working at bats? Are they taking walks when they're there? Um, and that that's a huge thing, too. If you can have an understanding of the strike zone, be able to lay off tough pitches and, and get on base, that's that's when all the damage starts because then it's they got to start coming in and actually pitching strikes to you. And then you can, you know, jump on pitches that are there. Absolutely. CJ. I mean, and, and that's what Vogelbach does. He's very, very quiet with his hands up there, gets to it fast has brute strength. Like we, like we mentioned, but he also is very patient. He's not a guy who expands the zone very much. Um, and I love what I'm seeing out of him. I am buying Vogelbach. Hey, CJ, while we're at it, we'll keep talking some buckos and buy a sell here, buddy. Okay. Um, the next guy, though, that I want to talk about here, Brian Reynolds, hitting 229 on the year, much lower than I would have anticipated at this point in time. The uh, the on base is only at 325. Okay, he's got 105 at bats. Um, he has four home runs, but only six RBIs. Um, so he's hitting a lot of solo shots to this point in time striking out a lot more than I would have anticipated him to do so actually leads the ball club with 29 to this point in time. Um, but he has drawn 14 walks. So he's still grinding at bats. He's still doing little things. He's a heck of a player. I mean, I don't know if you saw it a few weeks back when he hit that triple that was like off the bat, I think 40 miles an hour or something, a little cue shot and nobody was on third base and he just kept running. Um, but Brian Reynolds buy sell buddy. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to buy it um, simply just because if you look at his numbers in 2019 and 2021, I'm taking the 2020 COVID year out of it because a lot of guys you have to. Had, you have to. I mean, 2019 had, was great for him. Yeah. And, you know, he hit 314, he hit 302 in 21. The on base percentage was, you know, pushing 400. I mean, I, to me, he's too good of a guy to kind of not be able to figure it out um you know his wins against replacement was almost four and 19 was six in 2021 right now he's at like point he's at half i just you look at kind of the way for him to me he's just way too good of a player for this kind of kind of funk yeah kind of funk to continue um, the RBI things I think will come as guys get on base in front of him. Um, He's hitting in the two hole a lot too, though, so that could be part of the reason why maybe we don't have as many RBIs for him. But yeah, I'm with you that's on that. and that and that RBIs is always kind of the funky one because that's kind of the one you can't always control, right? Like you can't control if guys are on in front of you if you come up with guys sitting there in scoring position, you know, which is what makes that, you know, those high RBI numbers like you know when Juan Gonzalez had like what 100 and billion of them one year <laughs> man bringing back a juan gonzalez record. yeah when he had, I I think he it. finished with like 159 it's just it's one of those stats you go man the guy drove in a bunch of runs but you know he had a lot of guys in front of him that could get on base and so you when know, you're that, approaching that, hack wilson territory you're doing something special yeah so I, I i think that'll kind of find a way to even itself out you always kind of see that um, so no, I, I, I'm buying Reynolds just because I've got two years showing really good production. I just, I don't, I don't think he's, I, I hope that he's bad. A... I, I think he's a, I think he's a 300 hitter and I think you're going to start to see that come back. No. And the fact that he's at 229, he struggled as much as he has at times this year, I think goes to show, like you said, he's going to find his way up 
back up to that 300 clip by the time it's all said and done. Oh yeah. Um, I do want to bring up, man. And I know we'll keep, I don't want to keep talking buckos, but I got another one here. My young man, the 25 year old key Brian Hayes, you know, you're familiar with his dad. He played for the Yankees, played for the pirates, played for the Rockies, played for a bunch, played for a bunch of teams, uh, 320 hitters so far this year, 410 uh, to this point on the on-base percentage. Uh, he's drawn 15 walks, uh, hitting a lot in that, hitting anywhere from the leadoff spot to the three-hole. Um, CJ, the only thing for me, and this is the thing that I'm I'm not concerned about, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit kind of wondering when is it going to have an uptick. No home runs at this point. Um, but keep Brian Hayes, buddy. I mean, we got to buy that, right? You're buying that all day. Not much of a discussion on buy sell there, correct? No, no, not at all. Um, you know, he's a guy that stud. Hit, yeah, going to be a Gold Glover too, by the way. Yeah, I mean, his own base percentage is over 800. You know, it's almost 800 for his career. I mean, even in the the COVID shortened year. I mean, you mean was, you, you mean the you mean the on base plus slugging, right? Yeah, because if we got um, an on base at eight hundred, I want to know where that guy's playing, and I want to figure yeah, that out. I don't even yeah, think yeah, yeah. It was on base. Yeah, that's on base. That's OPS. <laughs> that's on base plus slugging. His on base is four ten. So I mean, you know, he he's a guy that even you know in that you know funky twenty twenty year was really putting together at bats and and hitting the ball well. The home runs thing, I I wouldn't stress about. I mean, that's eventually going to come. I mean, he had um, six in the COVID year when he came up in a month like maybe three weeks. So he's got some pops on that bat, but he's going a lot more opposite field, which I think is taking away some of that power. Uh, yeah. This point I, in time. But no, I'd rather I, have the guy hit, you know, near three thirty, and maybe only hit like 15 home runs. than have a guy who's hitting two seventy, maybe hitting 25. Yeah. Well, and some of that can, you know, sometimes I think, you know, if, if guys come up early and they, you know, you hit a bunch of home runs, it kind of sets the bar a little higher than it, maybe it should be. Um, so, I mean, I think the pop will come right now. I think you, you keep the focus on up the middle and opposite, Yep. you know, keeping the hands back, driving the, you know, the, driving opposite the field. zone, keep it in the zone, you know, make contact. I think that's really where your focus is right now. And then the power, the power will come. He does a phenomenal job with that. CJ, two more buckos and then I promise we're off it. Okay. I promise, promise. Jose Quintana to this point, six starts. 270 ERA, one and one, 30 innings pitched, 23 hits allowed, only nine earned runs, only given up two dingers to this point, 25 strikeouts. What do you think, Jose Quintana? Are you even buying or selling that he's with the Buckos at the end of July? That might be the better question than buying and selling in general, but yeah, that's going to be the interesting one. Um, I, I'm going to say I think he gets moved before the deadline. The only reason I say that is because I think he's going to continue to pitch well. Um, and at 33, I think – To get a commodity to, to not get a couple potential good prospects yeah. to keep building for. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I hate I mean, it, but he, I think it's going to happen. If, I mean, if he was 27, 28, I think no, unless you get an absolute haul for him. But at 33, as well as he's been pitching, I think if you, know, you get a phone call and you get a pretty decent package, I, th- I think you jump on it. Um, just simply because of his, because of his age and he is going to be a commodity. I think that would be kind of the only reason, but, um, he has been absolutely pitching extremely well so far this year. Um, I don't see that changing. Um, you know, I could be, could be wrong, but I mean, he's always been a guy that's, you know, pitched pretty, pretty well. I mean, he had some tough years in, in Chicago, but 
you know, overall, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think he might regress some off that 270 yard that he's had so far. He's had some really, really good outings. Yeah, I mean, because um, he's he, he's a career 380 guy. So, I mean, I would expect that to come up a little bit. But I still think as you get to the deadline, a guy with his kind of stuff, teams are going to be in the market for if, you know, if nothing else to give you a little bit of an extra arm or somebody else in, you know, down the stretch. Here is one other one, CJ, um, that, I'm, that I'm interested in. Uh, and that's Chris Stratton. He has he's been asked upon to some higher leverage spots at times to close some games out even two of three, but he's also struggled of late. Uh, was primarily responsible yesterday for the Dodgers coming back. Uh, you know, couple walks, bases clearing, double six one seventy or eight at this point, eleven and two thirds, seventeen hits, eight earned runs given up. He just has not been as good as he was prior and, and you know so remember some of his stops with the giants you're buying or selling chris stratton i'm hoping to buy that he comes back but maybe i'm being optimistic maybe get him in some lower leverage situations maybe get dylan peters more in the later innings but i mean he's been so good as an opener with this 183 ra he's literally given up runs in one outing gave up one hit and then three walks to the reds and then got tagged with a few more because of the con moran grand slam um I mean, he's been electric, so I buy him. But I mean, man, I you know, I don't know. What, what do you think on those two guys? Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough on the Stratton one right now. I, I think what I what I would do is I'd, I'd get him into some lower leverage situations, let him maybe get some confidence back, you know, in his stuff and in the fact that he can you know make pitches. I think that's hurt him a little bit right now, um, you know, because pitching and, and hitting can be a lot mental. Um, oh, it's you know, all mental, CJ. Yeah, I mean, you you lose faith and trust in your stuff. You know, you get into those high leverage situations. One thing goes wrong, and I think mentally you start going, "Oh God, here we go again," and that you'll lose a lot of that. Um, I, I would do that, try and see if I could get him back a little bit. Um, uh, but I'm with you on Peters. Uh, that kid has absolutely electric stuff. I, I I think I'd be swapping those two, get Stratton in some more low leverage situations. See if Peters can handle those high leverage situations. The thing he, is, he did, he Peters can, been, I think you can real. You've got something really, really special there on the back end. Peters has been so good as the opener, though, that, and then you brought him in in a, you know, kind of in the in, in the middle innings there, and didn't do as well. I kind of wonder to keep him as the opener, keep doing what he's been doing. Don't mess with success. I, that's what I'm thinking. And CJ, we're gonna have to move off it because I could sit here and talk buckos all day, but to our listeners. 14 minutes is probably more than you wanted. But, hey, I'll tell you this right now. This team is probably not going to win anything this year, but it will not be in the cellar. I can promise you that. And I'm excited for this weekend against the Red Legs. Maybe get some revenge. I'm hoping. No, that 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 is a good one. Uh, and raise the Jolly Roger in front of a sellout crowd. Um, I wanted to give you two guys on buy or sell from the Yanks. I'll, I'll only go. Oh, absolutely! Two. Hit me up with as many as you want off the Yanks, buddy. I'm yeah, I, I, I'll give you two. Um, Esther Cortez and his one point four one ERA. I'm buying him. I'm buying him now. He's going to regress some from where he's at for sure. But I mean, watch him pitch there that game against the the Rangers there the other day when he had the no no going. He uses that cutter. It's I'm not going to say it's Mariano level by no means. Is the Sandman, but he's able to locate it. He's able to get hitters off balance. Uh, he's very much in control of what he's doing out there, and I feel like having that confidence and having that confidence in, in the Bronx. I mean, 
32 innings, 42 strikeouts. You know, his his his, his FIP, his fielding independent pitching is a two three four, which is uh, about a run and a half lower than Garrett Cole's at this point in time with this three five eight. So I mean, Cortez has been phenomenal. I am buying big time on the Cortez cutter, nasty Nestor, my friend. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I, I think you're going to see some, you know, kind of regression on that because I think. Yeah, that that's a little bit more who he is, but I I love what he has had so far this year, and and definitely buying on him to continue to to pitch well. The other one I'm going to give you, and this is the one I think Yankee fans really are still kind of not sure of yet, and it's tough to ask this question after the day he had yesterday. But Glaber Torres, hmm, hmm, CJ, interesting. I mean, Glaber has a flair for the dramatic. There's no question about that. Uh. I mean, hitting 222, not great, but I mean, 18 ribbies to this point. I mean, you've got Rizzo, Judge, and, and you know, the big bull Giancarlo all tied at 22, but I mean, he's he's the next best guy clearly in your RBI chase right now for your ball club. Five homers. I, I like Glaber. I wish he'd take a few more walks. I think that's a little bit of a problem. Uh in my opinion, only four walks and about 98 plate appearances. You'd like to see that a little higher. Uh, that walk rate needs to get up a little bit. But I buy Glaber, man. I think he's a guy who you'd want to continue to have out there and playing. I mean, I do know DJ LeMayu is a guy that, you know, also gets some time. And Marwan Gonzalez is a professional. Uh, must be nice to have those problems, CJ. Um, I, I buy Glaber, man. I buy him. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I, I think a lot of help for him has been going back to second base. Um, short was just not working. You could see that. I, I'm with you. I'd like to see the walks come up a little bit. You know, he, he's well under pace for that. I mean, you know, last year he drew 50 of them, um, you know, which is really kind of really around where his average is. Um, you know, 42-48 in 18-19. Um, you know, so I, I think for him a lot of the night now is going to be – the patience at the plate. Um, I think hitting 38 home runs out of the gate in his second year was that. And that's where I was talking about, you know, doesn't hurt. He has that short porch. Right. But I, he, a lot of them, you know, he was, he was taken out, you know, oh, yeah. he's a right hander. So he so doesn't get to but, utilize, utilize that. though like some of your boys like Rizzo does, you know? Yeah. But I, I think in watching his approach really over the last couple of weeks, you know, and, that's one of the things I love about watching games on the S network is you get a guy like Paul O'Neill talking hitting and, you know, he said, you know, for a guy like Glaber, if you can stay balanced, stay back on the ball, work up the middle, work opposite field, everything else tends to come back into play. And that's really kind of the approach you've started to see out of Glaber lately. So I think if he continues that approach, everything's going to be fine. Um, You know, I, I I know he can be kind of a lightning rod for Yankees fans because, the errors were bad and then, you know, didn't hit well last year, but no, he's, he's definitely a guy. You got to buy on that young. Um, and he's just too good of a baseball player to not figure it out. I see. I, I would hundred percent agree with you about Glaber. You got anybody else on the Yankees before we kind of go to some other teams in the league, we hit our own team up, our own teams up, obviously, but uh, yeah, uh, there, there's one guy kind of that's making me scratch my head a hit little me bit. With it, buddy. Hit me. And I hate to say it, but it's it's Josh Donaldson. Like, I don't know. Like the, the 215 average, I don't know. He just he doesn't seem to feel very comfortable at the plate right now. 
Josh Donaldson, obviously a little older than the tooth, 36, you know, has a pedigree, got a lot of, ten- got a lot of tenacity, a lot of intensity. Um, CJ, I'll say this. He's a guy I still want to give at bats to if I'm, if I'm Aaron Boone. The 16 walks, you know, in 111 plate appearances is pretty good. Uh, 342 on base when you're only hitting 215, I think, is solid. I'd like to see him drive the ball a little more um, than he has been. But let's be real about this real quick. Would you rather have Josh Donaldson taking an at-bat or Joey Gallo? No, that no, no, no. But then again, they're both striking out a ton. So I mean, but you, but you have so many guys that strike out a ton anyway in that lineup. It's other than Glaber, really. I mean, Glaber's the guy who puts the ball in play. Got to give him that, right? Yeah, um, you know, Connor Falefa is usually a guy that doesn't strike out a ton. I know he's he's kind of struggled with that this year a little bit, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, I he's just he's one that I I, I think eventually he's going to get comfortable. It's just it's it's kind of funky to see him right now and not. He just doesn't look like him at the plate. Maybe you are right a little longer in the tooth, still kind of trying to get it figured out. But, I mean, defensively, you know what you're getting out of him, which I think you can live with. It's just I, – I think for this team to be really successful, he's because he's going to be in the middle of your lineup, um, finding ways to to continue to, to get on base and get that batting average up a little bit. He's not the same guy he used to be, but he's still really good. So, I'm, I'm with you on that, CJ. I, I think I'm – I think I want to buy him. I haven't sold anybody yet. Can can we can we find somebody we're going to sell? <laughs> anybody? You, you got somebody. We got another player here. Okay, I, 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 I'll give you this one, and this one's kind of a funky one because I, I, and it's more of buy on the continued level of play. Okay, give me it. Judge. Um, for him to continue doing what he's doing. Because if he continues this pace, the Yankees are going to have to pay him and pay him hard. I mean, man, when a guy's hitting 288, hitting and leading the league in homers, and also drawing the amount of walks that he does with 352 on base, he'll regress some. I think I'd maybe sell him to continue at the pace he's at because he does strike out a lot too. But, man, he's so good. He's so good. Um <laughs> I mean, what what else can you say about the guy? There's really nothing to say. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Guys here, real quick. Out there in L.A. for the Dodgers. Been key catalysts to some of their championship teams. But they have both been eh, a little less than desirable this year. And now with the addition of Freddie Freeman, some of the playing times maybe kind of dwindling for these two guys. And that is Justin Turner first, and then Max Muncy. Give you Justin Turner's numbers here first real quick. A little combo buy-sell here. Turner hitting 194 on the year with a 252 on base at this point in time. Uh, he has drawn himself nine walks, struck out 20 times in 103 plate appearances, only has one home run. I will give Justin Turner this, 17 ribbies, though. So he's still being productive somehow with that 194 average. Um and you got Max Muncy hitting 138, 22 strikeouts. Although Max Muncy, 25 walks on the year with a 336 on base, three homers, 11 RBIs. That's a wild stat right there. 25 walks at 22 Ks, 336 on base when you're hitting 138. Give Max Muncy credit for that. He knows how to draw a pitcher into a walk, but he's not hitting right now. No, he, he's Bossel. not. I, 
I, I would tend to buy Justin Turner right now. Um, you know, you, you got to wonder for him is, you know, you got to remember he got hurt um, in the playoffs last year with a leg injury. You got rehab time on that. wonder how much of that really played into him being able to be in a full offseason program that those guys are typically used to. Neither one of them has been good to this point. And they looked terrible yesterday in some big at-bats late yeah, against the I, Buccos. My thing, well, here's the thing. I, I would buy Turner just because I think he's too good of a ball player and he's done it at a pretty decent level. Um, I, I think at some point they find he finds a way to turn it around because I think, and he's kind of gifted in the fact that in that lineup, I think he's got the ability to do that because they've got so many other dudes. Um, yeah, such a deep lineup. The Wilding yeah. will find his way. I think you're right about that. Just Max Muncy got 17 RBIs. I mean, that's yeah. the walks for Muncy. I don't know if you can continue that. Obviously, he's good at working pitchers and whatnot, but you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know. Muncy's the one I'd sell just because his career, he's, you know, like a 230 hitter, I think, for his career. So, I mean, yeah, he, he's not a guy that's going to hit for high average. Um, and he's been kind of that one guy in the lineup. Like, he, he'll have a moment or a series, uh, but he's not the, the, the guy in that lineup you always worry about, you know, he's, he's not, you know, Mookie Betts or, you know, when Clay Bellinger was there and just blasting balls all over the place. Um, so, I mean, he'd be the one I would sell. I mean, like you said, he'll, he'll work guys in counts and stuff like that and he'll draw walks. But it, it, it if I got to pick one of the two to kind of turn around and get back to a form we're more used to seeing, it's, it's definitely going to be Turner. I'm with you on that CJ. I got, I got a couple guys in the AL in your division. You just watched them. Both on the Blue Jays here, CJ. Matt Chapman, third baseman, former, you know, a guy who's done some really good things. Hitting 189 on the year. New team. Maybe he's getting trying to get loose to it, figure it out. 266 on base. He's drawn 12 walks. Struck out 36 times to this point in the season. Although he does have five home runs and 15 RBIs. If I understand Matt Chapman right now. Yeah, see, that's a tough one because you – I feel like I buy him to get better, but I don't know. I mean, he, he's such a good defensive third baseman, too. That was a huge upgrade for them to get him his defense over there. Yeah, that's, I that's mean, tough. That's tough. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, I mean, you know what you're going to get defensively. Um, that's a tough one just because I don't know how much of it's, you know, really surroundings. I mean, he's still in the AL, so I mean, it's, it's guys that he's not completely unfamiliar with. You want to sell, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I kind of do simply just from the fact that I think you, you've you kind of started to see this over the last couple of years. Um, you know, he was 210 last year, 232 the year before. Like, you've started to kind of see it regress. I mean, his best year average-wise was 278 in Oakland in 18. I just – I. I I think defensively he gives you a bunch, and I think that was the massive upgrade. And I think that's where you'll live with it. I just I don't know if I I just I think that one year where you know he kind of took off a little bit. I just I don't know if he gets back to quite that level. I think it might have been just kind of one of those one year blips. So for me, I, I I'm selling him as an offensive player, but defensively you're going to be tough to find probably a better third baseman. I would, I would agree. He's very. Hold on now. I'll find you a couple in the NL Central real quick, Nolan Arenado and Key Brian Hayes, buddy, real quick. Um, but 
to the next Jay we're buying and selling, CJ. And man, this is the first guy that I'm really, really leaning towards selling hard here. And I don't want to because guys on my fantasy team in a couple places, and I really like him. And that's Jose Barreras, buddy. So to this point in the time in the year, he is has an ERA of 582, has given up 42 hits in 34 innings, and only has 24 strikeouts. Those peripherals are not very good for a guy who the Jays paid, you know, a, a hefty price to get from from Minnesota last year. I'm worried about Jose Barreras right now. Only 28 yeah. too, but man, not not been good, not been good at all. Although you said yesterday, you felt like he was better than maybe that line should. Maybe he's coming around some. Yeah, he, yesterday's line was five and a third, five earned runs, and I mean he gets tagged with that. He he gave up three. They pull him. Bullpen comes in. You know, Glaber ends up with a two run or you know two run single to push that thing up to the five runs because he's you know, responsible for the guys on base. Um, I thought he pitched a little bit better than that. Um, you know, it, and it's tough too, because we, you face a, a lineup like the Yankees. I mean, they're going to work guys, you know, deep in counts and that kind of thing. Um, but I thought he pitched a lot better than what that stat line really shows. Um, the, the, the concerning one for me was you go four and two thirds, six runs, eight hits against, you know, Cleveland. That one's kind of a tough one. But, yeah, I mean, the, the stat line against Cleveland's a little a little tough. I mean, four and two-thirds, six runs, eight hits. Didn't strike anybody out. Um, you know, and he's kind of a pitch-to-contact guy as it is anyhow. I mean, he's going to be a guy that scatters the old scatter seven hits type of guy. Um, the problem he gets into is when he can't scatter them, um, and that that's, that's bit him a little this year. I, I think he's going to – I don't want to – he's almost a hold. Like, I don't want to buy it, but I don't want to sell it either. Hey, you got to have stocks you hold, CJ. All you right. know, to me, he's one – I, I kind of want to see a couple of more starts really get a feel before I really make a move on that one. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You got to you gotta figure it out for a second. Yeah, I'm going to go with the old – I'm going to go with the old Colin Cowherd hold. Oh, the old hold from your boy Colin. Colin holds. Um, So, CJ – Real quickly here, I want to get a couple more players in before we get to some ballpark talk. And I'm excited for this, buddy. And maybe another couple quiz time, really, more or less here. Um, one guy that I, I do want to kind of uh, to see where we're at on him at this point in time. And um, that would be my boy Josh Bell with the Washington Nationals. Having himself a very, very good season. I'm extremely disappointed in myself for letting him go off my team and keeping Joey Votto. Um, my sister would absolutely disown me, potentially, as I'm drinking out of my Cherry Blossoms Nat Cup here. Uh, I mean, he's been phenomenal at this point in the season. Four home runs, 21 RBIs, on base of 445, um, a 1.3 war to this point in time. I mean, JB has been great for the Nats. Are you buying him uh, to be that guy that he was for that two-month stretch with Pittsburgh in 2019 when he made the All-Star team to be that guy again? Or are we going to see him go back to what he was in 2020, you know, in, that sh in the shortened season with the Bucks at 226? That's been his lone outlier of being really low batting average-wise. I'm still disappointed the Pirates traded him, although Will Crow has been pretty good out of the bullpen. So 
you know, we'll see how the other two prospects pan out before I give that a full grade. Still, still disheartened though. JV was our guy. Yeah, no, I, I I'm buying Bill. Um, you know, you, uh, I think, uh, and the reason being is he, he is uh, just a really good hitter, but I also think he's, he's got some protection in that lineup too. Um, yeah, which well, helps because you know, they don't use them though that way though. CJ, I mean, Soto hits second. Cruz hits third, Bell hits fourth most of the time. Or Bell hits third, Cruz hits fourth, depending. I guess you give him a little protection if, if Nelson Cruz is there. But Nelson Cruz is, is a guy I want to talk about as well. I'm wondering about him now. Yeah, well, I think for him it's just he's getting, you know, as, as we use the term with Donaldson, a little long in the tooth. Um, he's, he's pushing he's pushing 40 now. You know, so, I mean, you know, he's a guy who obviously, you know, his best, his best baseball is probably behind him. Um, you know, he's still not a guy you're going to just – pump one down the middle because he can still hit the ball country mile but um but no I, i'm in on bell um because i think in all honesty you're going to look at that and go okay well do we want to pitch to cruz or soto probably not so bell's going to get opportunities yeah. um and you i still, think you still trust yourself more to get bell out potentially than to get cruz out right or more 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 maybe more maybe more to the point you trust bell to get himself out maybe more than you trust cruz to get himself out if you make mistakes Correct. Yeah, I, I think that would be the way to go. I think the interesting thing is going to be for the Nationals, you know, if, if they continue to struggle, what you know, what they're going to look like towards the deadline. You know, are they going to be hard sellers? Are they going interesting? To just, you know, that that's going to be kind of the interesting thing to watch for them as 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 we get into the summer months. I think that's a good point, CJ, and and we'll we'll kind of get into here probably not too long from now, kind of how that's going to start playing itself out, right? Who, What teams are going to be looking to be that team that might be selling off some pieces? Who might be buying some pieces? What might be happening? I will say this, though, real quick. Josh Bell is only on a one-year deal for $10 million with the Nats. So if they could get a bunch of good pieces for him, if he's not going to re-sign with them in the offseason, maybe it would behoove them to, uh, to move JB at the deadline. Could be one of the big pieces trying to go to the deadline. And Ranger Root agrees. He agrees. He's a big JB guy. Yeah, and that's, dude right that, there. And that's going to be interesting to see is because how many teams are willing to give up a ton for a guy that can go get in free agency next year? I think a lot of it's going to be, you know, who really needs the bat? Can they get an agreement? Hey, if we trade for you, you're going to sign long term with us. Like, there's going to be some wheeling and dealing in that. Um, I think that's the one piece of the leverage I think the Nationals don't have. Um, you know, is that because they're not going to win? They're not win. They're not ready to win now. Correct. I, I think if you can get something out of them, I think you you definitely look at it. But I think as far as you know, a lot of a lot of teams in those trade things like to have a little bit of club control. Um, but you may get a team desperate enough that needs that one extra bat to really make the push, and they you know they give you a pretty good deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Nats would definitely uh, have to pick up the phone uh, if they continue to struggle the way they've struggled at this point in time of the season. CJ, last guy by sell, last guy, because I feel like we've even done this longer than I was anticipating we might do it. Um, how about Joey Votto? Where are we at with him? I'm going to buy just because of what history has told me with him. Um, and he can rebound. Like, he wasn't that great early last year either, and he ended up hitting, you know, damn near career high in home runs. So Yeah, and you got to still factor in that he's still got, like, you know, sixty some games in Great American Small Park, like oh, I love I, you came around to my to my way of thinking <laughs> on that. You know, so I, I think 
you know, I, I, I think he rebounds, you know, and, and Chris Woodward with Texas. If you think Yankee stadium's a little league ballpark, go play in Cincinnati. I heard him say that a couple times. Yeah. On broadcast. You know what? He wants to be a little sore ass loser about it, but that's perfectly fine. His <laughs> team played in the same ballpark and only managed two hits the next day. So screw you. Mm, yeah. That, that sounds, that <laughs> sounds about right. Sounds about right. CJ. All right. And you know what? Since we started a trend, let's go ahead and foul one off here. I like fouling them off, CJ. I'm, I'm a two-strike hitter. Stay alive in the box. Little BG. Staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Okay, give it to me, buddy. What's We just talked by sell. The guys that need to uh, maybe start fouling off some more pitches themselves to get themselves, you know, a little bit better numbers. So give me this topic. Let's go. All right. Well, MLB released their – what they called bleacher features bracket eight catchy name catchy name very catchy basically it's an eighth eight field bracket for best baseball movie ever okay now we are going to do our own since you know they kind of started this and they only went with eight which isn't a horrible horrible number but they broke it up into four regions essentially you had the hollywood endings region which was field of dreams versus the natural Ooh, okay. You had, you had the Let the Kids Play region, which was the Sandlot versus the Bad News Bears. Oh, that's not even a competition, CJ. I know. Then you had the Based on a True Story region, League of Their Own versus 42. You mean the Naturals not based off a true story? Apparently not. <laughs> and then you have the Best Ensemble region, which is, to me, the toughest one, Major League Bill Durham or Bull Durham. Oh, wow. <laughs> to me, that's the toughest region. I, okay, let's just go ahead and start there. Major League's an absolute classic. It gave me hope as a kid of a team that was terrible that one year it will come together for you. Um, so, Major League, Pedro Serrano, bats wear hats, Eddie Harris, you know, getting hit with wow. the bat. I mean, you're telling me JC can't hit a curveball? I mean, classic wild thing ricky vaughn willie mays hayes i mean that's to me that's uh, it's tough to pick that movie over anything cj although pearl durham is fantastic watched it for the first time during covid you know because we knew baseball was done and it was kind of sad and it's a great movie especially being around the minor leagues as much as i have um crash man duke you know just the whole kind of cleat chaser vibe at times that movie portrays i want to go watch a game in durham this summer hopefully too uh you know, hit hit the bull, get the stake type situation. Would you go major league or would you go bull Durham? See that that's a tough one. I, I would go major league, but it's close. I, I love Bull Durham. I, it's one of those all time classics. I will say this too. I think one of the things that pushes major league over the top, in my opinion, is Lou Brown as the manager. I oh, mean, yeah. at least if you're gonna pull this shit, at least you can tell me you're from the Yankees. You know what I mean? I mean, that's classic, you know. Uh and just them going against them going against the owner the way they did. I mean, that's just a movie. I will give Bull Durham the credit for this. They didn't try and recreate the magic. They knew it was a great one. They didn't try and recreate it. So that's phenomenal. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm with you. It's major league, but it's it it's it's slight because I like I said, Bull Durham was just one of those that you know for me it was one of the first baseball movies I saw, and so like. Yeah. And it and you've I've heard people say, yeah, they took some creative liberty, but for the most part, that that's minor league baseball life. So, oh, it it is, sir, <laughs> it is indeed. Um, 
the next one there, League of Their Own versus 42. I mean, I don't think there's much question there. I go with 42. Great movie. I think they portrayed it pretty well. I think they portrayed it pretty accurately. I think uh, Bozeman did it. Bozeman was him, right? Yeah. I think Chadwick Bozeman did a phenomenal job uh, playing playing Jackie. And, man, I'll tell you this, and I can't name the actor's name, but I know he's Mike Winchell, uh, Mike Winchell off uh, Friday Night Lights, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Pee <laughs> Wee Reese. Uh, the actor who played him did a phenomenal job as well. I love that movie. It was a great movie. League of Their Own's cool. Tom Hanks is great. You know, there's no crying in baseball, but I'm going to go 42. Yeah. I'd I, like to see 61, though, as well in that mix, man. That's tough that that got knocked out. Yeah, that's that, and that's what I was thinking too, because I thought 61 was really well done. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, A League of Their Own had their moments. You know, there's no crying in baseball, and that was, and it was a good movie. Um, you know, but I'm with you. I, I think 42 and just, the the history behind what 42 was and all we don't give away too much for our bracket either cj right now but no no i'm with you i'm with you but i but i I, i'm with you on the on the on the 42 over a league of their own yeah buttermaker versus benny benny the jet rodriguez's boys on the sandlot i mean sandlot's an all-time classic man squints yeah it's squints paladora you know you got yeah yeah jumping around up there give him the heater I mean, Smalls learning how to catch, getting the blackout. The fact you have Dennis freaking Leary as his dad is amazing, by the way. Baby Ruth. I mean, you could go on for days. My sister can literally quote that movie, like, from start <laughs> to finish. Like, literally can – I remember one time on a trip coming home from Pittsburgh, started started doing the movie and almost went the whole way through it. I don't think she missed a line. It was incredible. That's phenomenal. That wimpy deer. Great. Great movie. <laughs> um Bad News Bears is fun, but I mean, let's be real. It's not Sandlot. Yeah. Um, Field of Dreams, CJ versus The Natural. I mean, man, I mean, Hobbs is phenomenal, but I mean, Field of Dreams is on its whole other level. The fact they had now have a game they're playing out in Iowa as a result of that, which you saw last year was electric, and I cannot wait to see that again this year, um, even though the Cubs and the Reds will be battling for last place. Uh, still be fun. So you got to go Field of Dreams, man. I mean, just – the whole way you build it, they will come. Another Costner classic, phenomenal. Oh yeah, absolutely love Field of Dreams. There was one movie I was kind of shocked that it didn't make it in here. It's not a big baseball movie, but for love of the game was another Costner baseball. Oh, CJ, CJ, for the love of the game, it's now. There's a lot of that. I think the reason why it maybe doesn't get the love in this bracket. There's a lot about that movie that's not about baseball. Okay. That, that, it's very – yeah, no, 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 that's true. And I think that's why it's probably not on there. But that's – that. you talk about Costner. That, oh. That's another really good one. Phenomenal. Not to mention, you get John C. Riley as his personal catcher in Sal. I mean, that's one of the all-time classic great sporting roles ever, right? I mean, it was so good. You had you had McCarver. Kevin Costner's character, Billy Chappell, was just next level in that movie. Um, was – was great. I mean, it was just one of those movies that, uh, for the love of the game, man, I think it's just, the title was perfect. The way they shot it was great. You know, her daughter sitting there in the dorm room watching Billy go for the go for the perfect game it was something special, man. It really was. Um, CJ, you got any other ones there? We don't want to give way too much because we are going to unveil our bracket next week. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, we are in our bracket. So I mean, uh, I did don't Mr. Three Thousand make it. Did he even get a cameo appearance there? I don't see it. <laughs> it was a funny movie. I kind of liked it, to be honest with you. Mr. Yeah. Baseball with Tom Selleck. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's 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 some good ones in there, and I mean, it, it's tough because I know they they you obviously don't want a massive bracket, which you could undoubtedly put together. But baseball is the is the lone sport you can do that with. Yeah, best, so. it's easily the best sport to make movies off of, without question. Yeah, so, uh, but no, we'll we'll definitely get our bracket put together and, and released, and so throw um, it out on Twitter, you know. Absolutely, at Porch Sports Pod, right, CJ? Pump yes, the sir. folks. Gonna eventually have a Facebook too. I know you're you're getting on that for us. You're the you're the dean maestro of social media. <laughs> yep, yep, working on that. We'll get that uploaded and, and rolling here pretty soon. So, um, you know, any any ways to, to be out there on social media and to engage with with you guys, we'd love for you guys to hit us up on on Twitter. And then once we get the Facebook page up and rolling, um, definitely get in with that. Absolutely. Hey, CJ, I think we fooled him again, buddy. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Enjoy the baseball this weekend, and we'll talk to you all later. Take it easy.